0: So, you want to go trout fishing, but you're not a fly fisherman, or maybe you're a fly fisherman that likes to catch trout, whether the wind's blowing or the water's muddy or anything else, what options do you have for spin fishing for trout? We're going to talk about that and more on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, LaChance here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. This is going to be an easy one for me because I spent five years working at Sportsman's Warehouse uh, behind the real bar there here in Colorado. And a very common thing, that Sportsman's Warehouse is located along the road to Rocky Mountain National Park. And we used to get all kinds of tourists coming in there on their way to Estes Park and they knew they needed to stop in and get some trout fishing stuff because geez we're going trout fishing but i'm from back east and i don't fly fish all right that's not a problem i answered that question a lot of times another scenario is you like to fly fish but when the river's high and muddy that's no fun or maybe the wind's blowing 147 miles an hour and you can't fly cast in it that's no fun either So you want to have options. And another third possibility that I want to throw out there is that you might be a guy that's used to or grew up with with a power bait or worm sitting on the bottom waiting for a trout to come to you. You have options as well. So we're going to go through a bunch of those here in the next half hour uh, and go through some fundamental stuff about spin fishing for trout, what some of your lure options might be, uh, what what, what kind of spinning rod do I want to get if I don't have one? Or if I do have one, what what, if, what of the rods that are in my arsenal am I looking at to be a good trout rod? So we got to start first with the tackle. And here at Fishful Thinker, we, we generally preach the other way around. You start with your lure, then your line, then your tackle. But we're going to start with tackle right here, and then we'll fade into some of the lures that, uh, that I would consider as being very good all-around trout catchers. And some of them, I think, will surprise you. So... For the bulk of my trout fishing i'm going to go somewhere between a light and a medium powered spinning rod and uh, the reason that i'm going to do that range and not any heavier not any lighter i believe when you get all the way down to the ultra light range you're very specialized when you get all the way up to the medium power range you can bully some of the trout in other words your rod may be bigger than the trout you're catching uh, or it won't present the smaller lures that you might need so want an all-around rod, get a medium light powered rod. I like them in a fast action for trout, maybe even an extra fast action for trout. Uh, can be a really, really good choice for the sensitivity and the casting accuracy because you might be casting into small pockets and streams, uh, things like that. The faster, ast- extra fast action rod will help you with that. And then as far as length goes, pretty straightforward on that one. It's It really depends on whether you're going to be fishing more open water or more running water. If I'm fishing more running water, I tend to be in the six to six and a half foot range. If I'm fishing more open water, I tend to be in the six and a half to seven foot range. Obviously here, the easy answer is to get something right around six and a half feet long. So a good overall pick, six and a half feet long, medium light power, extra fast action rod, or six and a half, uh, medium power and fast action rod if you're only going to focus on larger trout baits that we're going to talk about earlier that's what i'm going to choose for a rod for me for trout fishing the line these days is almost always a braided line and there's very very few exceptions for that there's just too many advantages for braid and we've done whole podcasts on, on braided line and line versus you know monofilament versus fluorocarbon lines Uh, Braided lines are just more more versatile. That's all there is to it and they last longer if you don't tangle them They last forever in fact And you can change the size of your leader to tailor your conditions So let's say you did choose that medium light powered spinning rod Well braid in somewhere around the 8 pound or maybe even 10 pound range means that that you can put a 6 pound leader on there if you want or even a 4 pound leader Or you could put a 10-pound leader on there and throw something bigger and heavier if you chose to do so. Or you're dealing with abrasive conditions, something like that. So the braid is just very, very versatile. For me, it needs to be a very supple braid. These days, a vast majority of the time, it's going to be Berkley X9 braid. That stuff is supple, holds knots great. Again, we've done whole podcasts on choosing lines. I would recommend you look one of those up and go from there. But simple answer, let's say you got that medium light rod medium light power, and uh, six and a half feet long, and you put some eight pound X9 braid on there. What reel am I gonna get? For me, for trout fishing, it's always gonna be the fastest one. Um, th- th- for me, that's an Abu Garcia Rocket, whatever brand you like, just look at the retrieve ratio, retrieve speed. Understand that the gear ratio alone isn't the whole story because a bigger spool also, or a smaller spool, as either case might be, affects the speed at which the reel takes in line. So. Um, I'm looking for overall line retrieve rate. I want the fastest one I can get for trout. And that's because a lot of trout presentations are need to be speedy. Uh, for one, for two, trout have a nasty habit of coming straight at you when you hook them as well. And for three, you can get tight on fish in a hurry in the event of some of the slack line presentations that we're going to talk about, meaning I can reel down and with one or two spins of the handle, I'm now tight on my fish. Or when my, when my lure has swung all the way to the end of the, of the current. And I'm ready to just retrieve it back up and throw it again. I can do that in a hurry. So a fast reel is going to do it. That's going to be the the bulk of what I'm going to do my trout spin fishing with. So that's the easy answer for that. Now, let's talk about specific lures at this point because I think this this is where really the gist of the whole thing comes together for most of you out there is is okay, I'm going to pick my rod or maybe you already have your spinning rod and that was always to my breath. Um, Let's talk about some specific lures. For me, the best overall trout lure, period. The best ever ever invented is going to be a small jig of some sort, or a jig, I should say, a finesse jig of some sort, somewhere between a 16th and a quarter of an ounce. And the reason being is I can fish it at any depth. I can fish it horizontal or vertical. I can make it very realistic, or I can make it completely spastic and, and, and crazy looking, which is good because trout are extremely excitable fish and that can be very important to keep that in mind through this whole podcast trout are very excitable fish and because of that you can trick them with pure speed or erraticness a lot of the time whereas something methodical they will follow and look at and it won't really pique their curiosity enough to get them to bite it so keep that in mind a jig of some sort lets me do any of the above. And if you're a fan of Fishful Thinker, you know the first jig that I'm going to grab is going to be a gulp minnow. And if you've not done any jigging before, and you're just and it's an average lure, we're not talking about a tiny or an average body of water. We're not talking about a tiny little, you know, Beaver Brook, a little tiny stream, and we're not talking about a big giant lake. We're going to talk about you know an average size river flowing. Um, or potentially a, a, a smaller lake, something like that, I'm going to go to a two and a half inch minnow on a 16th uh, or maybe 8-ounce jig head. And that's just a good overall choice. The reason being is I can hold the rod tip high and just barely retrieve it, and it will kind of hunt back and forth as I retrieve it. It'll kind of hunt side to side. It won't swim in a dead straight line. It doesn't have any resistance on the back of it like some other baits would that will make it harder to get those fish to commit to Uh, it. But you need to work a tip up or it's going to go to the bottom. The other possibility is you can snap jig it up and down um, where I'm making a long throw and then I pop it up off the bottom and then I guard it or follow it down with the rod tip as it goes back to the bottom, again a really, really good choice. the other possibility is very tight to the bottom if you can get away with it in other words there's not too much um, uh, vegetation or muck of any sort on the bottom or it's not too snaggy with rock keeping it very very tight to the bottom can be a really good call as well so that's a very consistent bait i may up it to a three inch minnow on a quarter ounce jig or excuse me on an 8 ounce jig head It is a very very common scenario for me as well Um, that's a really good choice, and there are times when I'm fishing where I'm known to be fishing for large, aggressive trout, which typically is going to be early in the spring and late in the fall, which is going to coincide with either the rainbow trout or the brown trout spawn, respectively. I will throw even bigger than that, maybe a 4- or 5- or 6-inch gulp jerk shad, a great big version. That gets to be specialized. Um, The 3-inch version will get you enough bites in that that scenario as well. So a three incher on a eight ounce jig head or a two and a half incher on a 16th ounce jig head, both excellent calls for fishing for trout. Another excellent call, very, very good call is a tube jig. And uh, a tube jig from say two to three inches, maybe even three and a half inches, great call. Put Put an eighth or a quarter ounce jig head inside that tube jig. I like a tube jig mostly when I'm doing a lift and drop Uh, meaning that I'm going to pick it up and let it spiral back to the bottom and pick it up and let it spiral back to the bottom or I'm going to leave it all but pinned to the bottom and just barely move it back along the bottom as though it's either a little crayfish scooting along or because trout love little crayfish don't underestimate little baby crayfish anywhere they exist uh, trout love crayfish the other possibility that it can resemble since everyone wants to know oh what am I matching here uh is going to be a sculpin or a baby whitefish and it tight to the bottom and sculpin doesn't even have a swim bladder Which means he doesn't even leave the bottom. He can't he has to swim to do it He doesn't float. He has to swim to leave the bottom So a dark colored tube jig fished extremely tight to the bottom anywhere that that, that uh, Sculpins exist is a really really good call for catching larger than average trout as well um, So that's a good possibility another really good possibility for the jig for trout is going to be a marabou jig and if you're a crappie guy from back east which i ran into a ton back at that real bar at the sportsman's warehouse i opened this with uh a crappie jig is a great choice because no matter how it moves it looks alive in the water marabou is a type of feather it is very very fluffy and it moves and breathes and undulates in the water a ton so a little marabou jig is an excellent choice uh for trout fishing and um and it's one of our all-time favorites without question uh, is, is to have the, the marabou jig. Marabou jigs also is the closest you can get to a, to a um, uh, fly of some sort. So if you're a fly guy, think of a marabou jig as a woolly bugger without hackle, and then you feel like you're fly fishing, wha, voila, no problem. Marabou jig is a good choice. Now, one thing I'll throw about, tell you about all those jigs, a lot of the time in the jig, or excuse me, with the jig, I prefer it to be on the calmer end of the spectrum in terms of wind goes. Doesn't mean I need it calm, but when it's really gassing, I can do better with some other things, and that's what we're going to go into here next, because the jig gets hard to control in the wind. uh, It gets hard to feel in the wind, and you'll end up getting trout that'll bite, and you won't realize it, and you will miss them. So that's not a good a good choice. So if the wind is really blowing, then I'm gonna to move to a hard bait. And for me, that's gonna be a jerk bait, um, unless I just have to fish very deep. A jerk bait, typified, I you mean, you, you hear the guy, well, I caught some trout thrown or a palace. Well, okay, first of all, that's not the right way to say it. Second of all, there are better choices these days because the old school floating minnow that that, that, that gentleman would be referencing, Old Rapala floating minnow is great, but it's balsa. It means it's fragile, which means no two of them are the same, and they're real expensive these days. I would rather have a more modern version of that bait, something like a Berkeley hit stick, which is a made to mimic the same action as the old-school balsa baits did, but is far more durable, like infinitely more durable. Uh, and also, all of them run the same, so I don't have to buy three of them and constantly tune them to get one to run how I want it to run. They all run the same. So a hit stick's a really good choice. Somewhere between a a seven, a nine, or an 11 is gonna do most, and those are referencing in centimeters. Uh, Those are gonna do most of my heavy lifting. Maybe in a little tiny stream, I'll get down to the smaller ones than that. Uh, But most of the time, I'm gonna go ahead and throw the, the bigger size ones because what you're gonna find out when you spin fish for trout is you're gonna get a lot of bites using speed and size as your friend, whereas fly fishing, a lot of the scenario is a dead drift, and the fish get all kinds of time to look at it. Even with a streamer, it's very hard to get any real speed on that streamer. But with a jig or a jerkbait, I can make that jig heavy, and therefore it drops quickly if I pause. Or I can pop it really aggressively with a rod tip and make it really jump around. Hard to do that with a streamer. Uh, same thing with the jerkbait, I can work it really quickly using either my, my rod to jerk, dook, or even on a straight wind where you just wind it in. Uh, either one of those could be a very, very good choice for getting trout to bite. just depends on the day. That's up to you as an angler to figure out what they like more. Generally, I'll start with an even retrieve. If they'll hit that, well, then it's the easiest for me to work. If they won't hit it, I'll start getting crazier and crazier and crazier until I get them to bite it and, uh, and find out which one's getting me the most bites, and then I tailor my situation to there. But... It feels to me like most of the time, the even retrieve is a good way to get follows and I need to mix up a little bit uh, to get them to go ahead and bite the jerk bait. The thing about the jerk bait you'll find out is that a lot of times it can be the sudden stop that's gonna get the fish to bite more than the jerk itself. And trout love that, dook, 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 and then just stops and then whack, they'll smack it. I've seen scenarios where they'll come right to the surface and grab it as the bait floats back up. It, that takes a floater and as the bait floats to the surface, after you pause it, they'll grab it right when it breaks the surface film. At times too, most of the time you're going to have to keep it moving though, and uh, and you'll get a bunch of fish to bite it. But the jerk bait is most of my really big trout have bit either a gold minnow or a jerk bait, and um, the exceptions to that are rare. The, the one of those two baits will do the heavy lifting most of the time, with the possible exception of a tube jig. A tube jig is a very versatile bait that we already talked about, and um, that can be an excellent call. If you don't want to throw a jerk bait because it's too much work, or let's say the wind's really blowing, and this is a scenario that we run into a lot here in the West, particularly in, in, in Colorado here, if you fish in North Park or South Park, um, very famous for the wind. In fact, the trout can be hard to catch when the wind doesn't blow there at times because they're very tuned into feeding in the wind. And when the wind doesn't blow, that's the, that's the statistical anomaly and they, the fish don't bite well in that scenario. So when it's really gassing out, uh, one of my favorite things to throw in that scenario is going to be a lipless crankbait. And if you're not familiar with lipless crankbait, uh, you can look them up, but it's, the, the rattle trap is the inventor of the genre. Uh, it's full of rattles, like a whole bunch of BBs inside of there. And so when you retrieve that bait at high speed, it gives off a high frequency vibration of BBs in there that all sport fish love, all kinds of sport fish, from saltwater fish to freshwater fish, it's just that for whatever reason the trout community has never gravitated to it but working that thing on a nice even retrieve with a little bit of maybe a little bit of a stop and go or lift and drop to it you know on a very very windy day is a fantastic way to get trout to smack that thing and uh and we generally always throw that in a half ounce uh maybe a quarter ounce and uh and the reason being is you just get a lot of bites with it it's uh it's something that's underestimated. I can almost guarantee you that nobody else on the lake will be throwing it on that given day. And when the wind gets hard enough that everybody packs up and goes home, that's when you'll really smash them with it. Same thing in running water. If I'm in the, if I'm fishing in uh, running water, particularly when it's very muddy running water, a lipless crankbait's a great call in a in a hot orange color or a hot red color or a pink color. They used to make one that was pink over gold chrome, which I loved. Uh, working that thing across the current and letting it swing a little bit as you do so, uh, and then retrieving it up against the bank, you can find out that the water can be extremely muddy, and it doesn't matter. You're going to catch some, some trout with that bait, and uh, because they can hear it, they can feel the vibration of it, they can hear the vibration of it, and it's got a big old profile. It's easy for them to get, get their bead on and, and smack it, and so it's a really, really good choice, a lipless crankbait, and, and I think it's probably the most underestimated ones. Of the baits we're going to talk about uh, here today. So, if I'm going to fish uh, those windy days, another possibility is going to be a Johnson splinter spoon, which uh, you guys may be familiar with a Castmaster. It's sort of a refined version of that. Uh, A splinter can be a really good call. I can throw it a long ways, even straight into the wind, and that will help you out some. And then, it's very, very shiny. Now, I Almost all I carry is either chrome or gold chrome, with the exception of some of them which have some color on one side of them. Because it, when I'm fishing a spoon, I'm looking for that strobe effect. I'm looking for it to pick up the sunlight and give that strobe or that hard flash that fish can locate to draw them to it. And, uh, and that's a really important thing. If you don't have that flash, then go to a jerkbait or go to a lipless crankbait or something else. But if it's sunny and windy, like a high-pressure day and sunny and windy, A very shiny, heavy spoon can be a good call because I can throw it easily. I can keep feel of it easily. And it's got good bite triggering qualities uh, as far as drawing fish up to get them to bite it. A good thing about the splinter design in general is that it's dense for its size, heavy and dense for its profile. So even if I need a, a half ounce one, it's still not very big. It's not but what, two and a half or two and a quarter inches long. It's not a very big bait, doesn't have a big profile. So I can launch that thing and cover a whole bunch of water with it. If I want to work a little bit slower than that, or I want a big wide wobble just to take a lot of flash and pick up a bunch of of strike zones, so to speak, by having a big wide flash, then I'll go to a Johnson Sprite Spoon. And a Sprite Spoon can be a really um, versatile bait because you can flutter around a little bit more. Uh, it's slower and in general i I always want to fish the fastest bait i can get bites with so it's not the first one i grab but it will definitely get you a bunch of bites and again i'm going to gravitate to chrome gold chrome or some some combination of that with a with a trout type color what defines a trout type color uh pinks oranges and reds. salmonids eyes are tuned in to seeing pinks oranges and reds which is why if you've ever been salmon fishing everything is those colors that's the reason Potsky's fireballs are dyed bright red as opposed to uh, the natural, barely apricot color that they are. Trout can see them better. And so I want to take advantage of that because trout are, of course, sight feeders, just like most of the other sport fish out there. So first and foremost, all that vibration and all that other stuff will, will help them locate it. But at the end of the day, they've got to see it before they bite it. And that's why I want to have that color there. And uh, and that'll help me out to, to get more bites. And that's why I will gravitate to that. Time. Something that's much more common, probably than anything else on this list for catching trout, is going to be an inline spinner. And when I was a young teen, I fly fished a lot. And whenever the wind came up, I immediately put the fly rod down, which is really no different than now that I'm an old guy. But uh, but I fly fish, fly fish, fly fish. Then the wind would start blowing, and I'd put that thing down, and I'd pick up a spinning rod, and invariably it had uh, an inline spinner on it. I didn't understand jigging back then. If I'd have known then what I know now, I would have got a lot more trout, but I would immediately go to the, to the inline spinner. And in those days, it was always a rooster tail. But then the first thing you had to do was, was put a snap ahead of the line and a, and a swivel, or your stuff was tangled up constantly. Well, enter the Johnson Minnow Spin, which is a very heavy for a given size uh, inline spinner that is keel weighted and has a heavy blade. It will not twist your line, even in the ballpark of as bad as all other inline spinners I've ever tried. Very good trout bait because I can work it slow or fast. Um, The only limitation, in my opinion, is how much stuff is that treble hook going to grab on the back of it in terms of weeds, stuff like that. It's a great choice. The thing that I don't like with inline spinners is big ones because they give off a huge amount of flash and vibration with the blade spinning round and round and round, A shiny blade spinning round and round, gives off a lot of flash and a lot of vibration. And so you can overpower the trout with it, so to speak. Like they'll come look at it, but they're not gonna bite it. It's not really that realistic looking. So when they get up close to it, they, they sense it with all their other ways to sense things, then they catch up to it. And they're like, yeah, it's pretty big, I don't think so. A little one will get you more bites, a smallish one. That's one of the other beauties of the minnow spin, is that it's very heavy for a given size. So I can get one that's only you know an inch and a quarter long, not real big, but still heavy enough I can throw it on that medium light spinner rod we talked about in the beginning. Uh, those are very commonly for me, either a hyper natural color or a very hot orange or hot pink type color uh, for getting trout to bite. And the inline spinner is an excellent call in a lot of scenarios. Now, one thing we haven't talked much about uh, is running water versus standing water. So I want to touch on that a little bit because if you're going river fishing, first of all, I'm of the opinion that trout in the river are the easiest freshwater fish to pattern and catch. And the reason I say that is I know which way they're facing, for starters, right? I know if I can read the current, I can tell you which way the fish are facing and which way they're likely feeding. I can also tell you which way they're facing when they're resting, And I only have so many choices, I've got them surrounded. I can see the whole body of water right in front of me. Whereas if I'm going to a lake somewhere, they could be facing any direction. They could be at a whole wide variety of depth ranges. They could be on weed beds or rock or whatever the scenario might be. They could be traveling around. They also have a wider range of food sources in most cases in standing water. So the river's easier to work out. If I'm going to throw anything I need to retrieve, in other words, the jerkbait, the lipless crankbait, or the inline spinner or spoon, I'm going to typically throw them no more than 45 degrees upstream, and more commonly, straight across the current, and very commonly, 45 degrees downstream. So the reason is I want that bait to swing across in front of fish, if at all possible. I don't want it to attack them from the front coming straight downstream, as a, as you might with a fly that's just on a dead drift. So, I will definitely throw it across or down more often than anything else, and then let it swing against the bank for me. That's for sure the case with the jerk bait uh, and the inline spinner. Um, the variance there, though, with my spinning rod is going to be the jig. The jig, particularly with the gold minnow, I might throw it straight upstream. Or I might throw it straight downstream because I can just hold the rod tip high on a, on a Goltman. I will just hold it high. Just hold it there. It'll leave a constant amount of line out. And that jig will just swim back and forth in the current right there. It'll just hold itself and swim back and forth in the current right there. And it will just sort of half swim. It won't do anything crazy. It won't vibrate and, and flash. Like, like, for instance, if I had an inline spinner there, that thing would spin and give a constant vibration in the water. I don't want that. If i had a spoon it would wobble crazy i don't necessarily need that if i had a jerk bait and i just let it hang there in the current it will sit there and swim and you'll be in the ballpark but if that jerk bait has any rattles or anything in it again it's going to overpower fish that little gold minnow on the other hand just hanging there in the current is a prime candidate for termination by any trout that sees it and it basically looks like a fish that's struggling really hard to hold in the current uh any of the jigs i very commonly will throw up current the tube jig I most commonly will throw up current. If I'm gonna fish a tube jig, it's almost invariably in running water going to be a tight to the bottom presentation, uh, which means I need to throw it up current to let it get to the bottom in the first place and then I have control. So I'll lift it just enough with the rod tip to pick it up and let the current push it down, and then I'll reel back down with the reel. The reel's doing nothing but controlling slack. I'm not retrieving the jig with the, with the reel. I'm only controlling slack with the reel, and I'm using rod to, the rod to feel. Is it touching the bottom? Is it on the bottom? Do I need to pick it up and get it to drift down to me some more? I'm going to fish it tight to the bottom. That is, a, as I mentioned before, a fantastic sculpin imitator. If you want to catch the biggest trout in the river, a place like the Roaring Fork River the Colorado River? Take a three-inch tube jig and put a relatively heavy, maybe a quarter-ounce jig head in it and fish it straight down current as tight to the bottom as you can keep it, and you will catch some big honking trout, I promise you. The marabou can go anywhere in between. Um, I tend to like marabou in slower water because that's where I can take advantage of the marabou the most, but Marabou's four-wheel drive. You can do anything with it. You can throw it up current, down current, cross current. Uh, you can all but dead drift it. If you've got a very light jig and heavy current, you can dead drift it. Uh, Marabou is just a really good choice all the way around, and it's the most versatile in that regard. Um, the least, the last thing I throw in the, in running water is typically a spoon. I'm typically going to throw the hard plug if they'll eat it really well, because that jerk bait is going to get you the most, biggest, most fish if they'll eat it. If they won't eat it, in other words, the fish aren't aggressive enough that day then the jig is going to catch you the most consistent without question and we've proven that all over the west united states and all kinds of rivers the the jig is the most uh versatile there is also throw out one more quick thing about the Maribu jig it is legal and flies and artificial lures only water which can be a really good choice and that's something we run into a lot here in colorado so in standing water you can mix your casting angles up it's more about your actual retrieve and uh, maybe what you're fishing around am i fishing around points am i fishing around bays or, or pockets am i fishing around weeds or you know uh, anything like that but in the river it's more about the location of the fish within the river are they in the head of the pool the tail of the pool the deep runs you know what, what are they in once i work that out i can definitely get a bunch of them caught so If you guys want to learn more about any of this, our YouTube channel has lots of the above up there, and I would recommend you go look at it, or I would appreciate, let's say, that you go look at it. I think you might learn some things. Uh, There's like 500-some videos up there, and they're all educational in nature, and a lot of them uh, pertain to spin fishing for trout. That's at Fishful Thinker. If you want to join the conversation on Facebook or Instagram, also at Fishful Thinker, and we would really appreciate it if you would mash the subscribe button wherever you watch us from. It's a labor of love. We have fun with it, and, uh, and it is our goal to get you to catch more fish and have more fun while you're out there. So thanks for listening. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast.